Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me back on the show is Stephen Kennedy. What's going on, Stephen? Going on, Mahami. How are you? Good, good, man. What have you been up to lately? Oh, um, heaps of training. No, just um, running the gym. I've, I've been pretty active, so I feel like I've had a few fights. I've put in Hex in Perth, like... Not, doesn't seem like that long ago. And uh, just helping some of the boys at the gym getting ready for some big fights that we've had. And uh, and then, yeah, getting ready to do it all again. All right, let's go back to the last time I talked to you was before ACB 88. You went into that oh. fight. You dropped a decision to EJ Brooks. What did you think of your performance, man? Yeah, it was a really weird fight. Like, I, I've... It was one of those fights that didn't really feel like I lost because I didn't get, like, hit or tired or, you know. And then uh, he was just, I don't know, just, like, did a really good job of kind of, like, winning just enough of the rounds with a little bit of control to kind of get the judge's decision. And and then it wasn't one of those ones you could really argue with. It was just kind of like, man, I wish we got to do another round or, you know what I mean, or we should just we should do this or did that. But yeah, it is what it is. Like, I mean, he's, he, I feel like he just, like, kind of, kind of snuck out of there with the wind, you know what I mean? It was like, it like he pulled the rabbit out of the hat, you know what I mean? I don't, don't think he could do it again, but, but well done to him. It is a big problem right now in MMA where guys will go in and kind of squeak out little decisions where maybe if the judging was proper, it would just be a draw or something like that, you know? Do yeah, you think that there should be know, more of that? Yeah, definitely should be more 10-10 rounds and more 10-8 rounds, definitely, because – uh you know, that then if you know you're a good chance to get a 10-8 round, you'll accelerate in a round that you're winning. And uh, if you've got a little bit of an edge in the round, you're going to try and put a stamp on it. Um, and, you know, you might be able to save yourself from losing a round if it's a 50-50 round. So that's going to encourage activity, which is what everyone wants. Um, but also just um, my mate Herb Dane should have just broken us off the fence a few times. I think... Uh, think he, he just got away with just holding me on the fence for far too long, you know. And I know it's octagon control. But if he's not trying to take me down, he's not trying to do anything. It's not a problem with the judging in this instance. I think it's a problem with the referee. He kept warning, warning, warning. You know, you've got to do something, you've got to do something. But he never did anything. And then, uh, yeah, we just let him carry on with his little game plan. But, yeah, definitely think there should be more 10-10s and more 10-8s. And that'll encourage people a lot more. A month later after that, you step back into the cage. Hex Fight Series 15 in your hometown. You stepped mm-hmm. in against uh, Gehard Voigt. Got the second right submission, Kimura. Was it important for you to get back in there real fast and get a win? Not real. No, not not as any more important. It's important for me at this in the twilight of my career <laughs> that if I'm gonna do it, I have to maintain. I have to be reasonably active. You know, hmm. if I could choose, I'd fight every four weeks or so. You know, that would be about right because then you. You never get too out of shape. And it's not like I'm ever not training, but there's a big difference between fight camp training and normal training. And it doesn't matter how, you know, motivated you are or dedicated you are. You can't 
you can't stay in fight shape when you don't have a fight coming out. Well, I'm sure I know some people can, but I'm not that guy. Aftershock 31 is your next fight versus Daniel Almeida. He's a submission specialist. How do you rate his ground skills? Oh, very, very highly. I, I, I watch a bit of his uh, videos, his jiu-jitsu matches. He looks like a, like a better version of me. Almeida, he had spent a lot of time, you know, outside of the cage. He just recently returned to the to MMA competition a few weeks back at Eternal 36. Did you check out his performance? Yeah, yeah, I did. I actually watched the stream. We had a young boy fighting on that card, a young boy from Perth fighting on the card. So I watched the whole stream. And I, I, I did think, oh, well, I might as well stay and watch um, Daniel fight because I might be able to get a kind of an inkling into how he's going to fight. But unfortunately, there wasn't much I could take away from that other than he's good at jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Is there anything else that you know about Daniel that kind of stand out other than his jiu-jitsu? No, he's short, but looks strong. Right. I don't think I don't think he can take a punch too well, but uh, you know, we'll find out, right? We gotta hit him. We gotta hit him before he can put me on the ground. That's for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about your training camp. You said that you were, you know, in the process of helping other guys in your team prepare for fights. So, in your training camp, when did you start, and how has it been going? Started ten years ago. I never stopped. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I just um, the training that I do, like the MMA training, doesn't really change when I have a fight coming out because we, I mean, we kind of have just like group practice sessions, and um, and then the only thing that I change is in the mornings I do my cardio, my strength training, and all the rest of it. So that's the bit that I do when the fights are coming up, is I try to get myself in. Uh, some semblance of shape but um but we've got the wrestling nationals in perth next weekend so we've been doing heaps of uh, hard wrestling sessions which is probably going to help because um you know negatively wrestling will will help a lot i would say are you competing yeah yeah i'm competing in the nationals for sure yeah it's a little warm-up how much of a difference does it make when you have so much wrestling in your camp uh, I think re- wrestling is one of those things where like it's the closest cardio thing to fighting whereas you know you can do heaps of circuits or you know pads and conditioning and stuff like that it doesn't really replicate the same tiredness as fighting but wrestling is pretty close like if you do if you have a few hard scrambles that's pretty much where you're at when you're tired in a fight so I think in terms of the energy and stuff it, it's going to help and just that that real specific strength and timing you know what I mean you don't want to you don't want to miss time a sprawl on a guy like Daniel. You know what I mean? You want to make sure you get it right and you, you, you don't want him changing the angles and putting you on your back, especially early when he's fresh and dry. Since this is a middleweight title fight, are you able yeah. to eat more and not worry too much about your weight cut or your diet? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like normally, um, well, how far away, three weeks out from the fight, Normally, I'd be getting pretty miserable right about now. Um, but, but actually, I'm eating quite healthy because I am getting a bit heavier as I get older. But, um, but I just know that I'm not going to have to kill myself to make it. You know, I think um, I didn't even weigh myself before the, before the hex part. I didn't weigh myself until a week out. And then a week out, I weighed myself and go, okay, I've got to lose this much. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't, yeah, the only problem is with the middleweights is some of them are quite large, and I think Daniel's quite a large one, but yeah, whatever. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> what kind of fight are you expecting against Almeida? 
Um, I don't know. It's up to him. Like, I, I think it's like going to be a little bit of what everyone expects. Like he's going to try to take me down and I'm going to try to not get taken down. And then, you know, when he can't take me down, is he going to get desperate? Is he going to jump on his back? Is he going to try to throw bombs at me? I don't know. That just, it's up to him. I'm just going to like kick him in the teeth. Now, I know that you teach classes at your gym, kick-ass MMA. So when you prepare for a fight, do you kind of pull back on the amount of classes you're teaching or do you just go with the flow and continue teaching the same amount and just continue, just ramp up yeah. your training? Yeah, I've got like heaps of coaches working at the gym for me now. So I actually don't coach as much as I used to. So I get to like just be a student and jump into all the classes. I, I pretty much just run the fighter sessions for the MMA and, and I teach like no gay once a week. But yeah, and, and I teach the kids, of course, because, you know, that's like teaching the kids teaches me different things that I can't learn on the mats um, normally. Uh, apart from that, yeah, no, I don't, I don't actually coach that much these days, um, which is good. Just sort of more overseeing everything, which is fantastic. You just mentioned that you teach the kids, you run yeah. the kids' MMA classes. Yeah. Why would you recommend parents to allow their children to participate in these types of classes? You know, because nowadays parents are very protective of their kids and they don't allow them to go outside and do things that are physical. I know, I know, exactly. So, um, you know, there's a lot of gyms at the moment doing like bully prevention and stuff like that. Um, and just trying to increase kids' confidence and all the rest of it. So I'm basically, I've got a program that makes the kids more effective bullies and we're learning to counteract some of these anti-bullying strategies so that we can, you know, keep our kids on top of the playground hierarchy. And no, I'm just messing. Uh, I, look, you know, they, they have to get used to contact. They have to get used to, you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of physical stuff that the natural competitiveness of martial arts is going to help them in life and, especially at a time when the schools are kind of taking that away. They're saying, oh, no, you know, everyone gets a ribbon or, you know, everybody gets to, you know, there's no winners, there's no losers. But we all know, unfortunately, that's not what life's like. <laughs> it's a bit more competitive than that. So if you can put them in any kind of competitive environment um, early on, it helps. And, you know, martial arts is, you know, it's, it's physically good for them. It does teach them realistic skills. It's super fun. And the risk of injury is really, really low. And I, I, I don't think parents understand that. I think they, they would associate martial arts with injuries more than, say, football or rugby, but it couldn't be further than the truth. It's actually, like, near, near the opposite, you know what I mean? You, don't, you know, you get 10-year-old kids that do their knees playing football and rugby, and that's just, that's just insane. Whereas, you know, what do you get? What do you get if you're wrestling? You know, you might get a banged up nose or a, or a bent back finger every now and then. But, you know, the kids are pretty durable and, uh, you know, everything's padded and everything's safe. Uh, I think martial arts for the kids is just the best thing ever. Brisbane, Australia, mm -hmm. after Shock 31, main event, Stephen yeah. Candy versus Daniel Almeida for the vacant middleweight title. It's going to be it. a good, good fight, man. I, I, I'm... I'm anticipating this one because you guys are both very good on the ground. So I'm thinking that it might play out on the feet. Could be the world's worst kickboxing match. <laughs> Maybe, but it could be one of the, it could be one of the, no, that's, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I has to go to the ground with him. You know what I mean? It's definitely not jujitsu, you know, 
it's definitely not a jiu-jitsu match. It's definitely an MMA fight. So I'm, I'm, I'm back my skills on the ground against anyone. And, you know, there's a uh, little armbar triangles don't work so good when the, when the hammer fists and the elbows are coming. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried where it goes, but I definitely plan on staying off the bottom. <laughs> All right, Steven, thank you for your time and uh, good luck on your fight, man. Thank you. I'll see you in Brisbane.